still at the crossroads with the Article 7 podcast. This is Rev J. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Uh, you know, that would make a good DJ handle. Well, I- I'm not a DJ, though. I'm a pastor who, I guess, knows how to use a microphone and a little bit of software. So, hence this podcast, the Article 7 podcast. Uh, and this is number five, episode five in the At the Crossroads series, A Journey of Faith Through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, so Rev J, no, Andy Jago, and I am the pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church, 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. And if you want to find us on the web, it's www.bethany, that is B-E-T-H-A-N-Y dash L-C-M-S dot O-R-G. Now, I'm doing this podcast back to back with the uh uh, one that will hopefully be released tomorrow. These will begin our Holy Week services. And basically all I'm going to do for these, uh, and that is Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, is you're going to get the sermon in these podcasts, uh, maybe just a, a little announcement at the beginning, no feature, just highlights from the worship service. There's uh, lots of special music that we like to do over the Holy Week sequence. And uh, thanks to our roadie, Daryl Ballinger, just did a fantastic job. I noticed right when Holy Week began, he did a special microphone setup up in the balcony. And that's going to help, I think, uh, record some really great sounds uh, that we had going on up there uh, with all of our choirs. We have adult choir, Hosanna choir, children's choir, Alleluia singers, and two bell choirs, adult bell choirs, and then a children's handbell choir as well. Uh, so for this podcast for Palm Sunday, we did have the children's handbell choir, but people were uh, coming in. Uh, that was during the prelude. So uh, we got a lot of background noise. I wasn't able to filter out for that for a good recording. However, uh, we did get a couple of songs from the Alleluia singers that I'm very excited about. So you'll hear that a little bit later on and in between uh, the Alleluia singers, you'll hear the sermon that was given for that day. Um, and uh, and again, that was uh, number five in the Crossroads series. Now, just a, an announcement here uh, before I give you the worship service, and that is this weekend is a huge weekend. Um, and uh, this Sunday, in fact, the 12th of April, we're going to have just one service at 11 o'clock. So that combines our normal 11.30 and 1 in the afternoon. So please take note of that. One service at 11 o'clock. And what comes before that is our regular Sunday school hour. So we're going to do Sunday school like we normally do. Uh, and then after the service, right after, we're going to get a special report by our district consultant, Reverend Bill Seaman. Uh, he's going to tell us what we learned from ourselves and our discovery weekend. This is part of this congregational renewal process that uh, we voted to uh, do with our district, and we're coming up to a decision as to whether or not we're going to continue with this particular process or do something a little different. 
uh, with the information that we have. And uh, well, the way we're going to get to that decision, I'll get to uh, a couple podcasts from now. But just know that there's going to be that special presentation now uh, on the 11th of April. That's Saturday night, 530. Uh, we're going to have a special budget meeting. Uh, this is in, uh, we, we uh, did a, a zero line budget. Long story short, uh, we uh, had uh, recommended that we do quarterly reports to see how we're doing if we're on target and uh, so we're going to report on that and then we have our auditors ready to present their uh, special report as well uh, so that's budget stuff and I appreciate the fact that uh, we don't do budget stuff without a little comfort food uh, being offered to our congregation uh, this is one of the reasons I enjoy being a pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church they have the right ideas about a lot of things and this is definitely one of them so in addition to the budget meeting we have soup and pie night Yes. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a church you want to be a part of? You know, we don't do the difficult things unless we have a little comfort, you know, surrounded us or with a, a little comfort with that. So, all right. So coming up now that you've had those announcements, as I said, Alleluia Singers, Sermon from Palm Sunday, and we begin this Holy Week journey. I'll talk a little bit about that in the sermon. May God bless the hearing of his word as it's presented in both sermon and song.
Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on the donkey's cot. The disciples did not understand these things afresh. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Word from our sponsor. <laughs> we have a brief commercial to uh, give to you because some of you are getting this satchel or packet to your door this week as part of our church's stewardship campaign. And we just wanted to let you remind you and let you know what you're supposed to do with that packet. So our director of stewardship, Darren Jay. Thanks, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. So, uh, as Pastor said, after a few delays due to some scheduling issues, the Pony Express is underway. As you know, we've asked everyone in the Bethany family to prayerfully consider your giving for 2015 and beyond, and now is the time when we are asking you to make a commitment to that giving. Soon, most of you will hear from a fellow member of the Bethany family who will deliver a saddlebag that will look like this to you. When you get the saddlebag, please review the materials and then take the estimate of giving card out of the envelope, fill it out, put it back in the envelope, seal the envelope, and put the sealed envelope back into the saddlebag. And it'll come out of one side and go into another. Then deliver the saddlebag to the next person or family on your route. If uh, you have any questions or problems in doing this, uh, you'll have a trail boss identified in the materials that you can contact for help. If you choose not to fill out the card, please move the envelope as if the card were filled out and pass the saddlebag along to the next household. For a few of you in special circumstances, you'll receive your commitment card and envelope through the mail. In that case, please just mail it back to the church office. Thank you so much for participating in the 2015 Pony Express Drive, and God bless you all.
All right, I'm sure we have some guests and visitors who are wondering, what on earth is all this about? Uh, this is just a fun way for us to figure out uh, what money is available for the next year's programs uh, and as we get together for our budgeting. So let us begin in the name of Jesus, dear Christian friends. So when you think of someone who has infinite power, God ability, the ability to shape reality as we know it and bend every molecule to your will. What kind of being do we imagine in our heads? Think about that and then think about Jesus today. Nobody expects that the closer you get to God, the more you get the extremes of humble and lowly. But that's where Mark's gospel leads us today. It's a different crossroads where we see clearly a Messiah who is exalted with shouts of Hosanna in the highest, but also is the humblest and the lowest. He is both so that he may save us. Our sermon text is printed on the back of your bulletin for today, Mark chapter 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and to Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside the street, And they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said. And they let them go. Just a quick note here, when you note the locations, there is mention of a town called Bethany. And yes, that is the town that this church is named after. The town where Jesus performed one of his most powerful miracles, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Each gospel writer presents things in a different way, so we don't hear that in Mark's gospel. But as Jesus' fame is spreading, according to the gospel of Luke, he sends his disciples to this unnamed village, one that was right in front of them, in order to procure his ride to the great city of Jerusalem. So now we put this in context of Mark's gospel, because we've been reading through that each week, And we have to stop and appreciate how Mark is approaching this scene. We have all these teachings of Jesus since Mark chapter 8, three predictions of what is going to happen in Jerusalem, that he will be delivered to the hands of sinful people, suffer and die, and then on the third day rise. And in between those predictions, we have these teachings saying the least will be the greatest. The one who serves the smallest in God's kingdom will be the most exalted. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then that brings us to this chapter, where you cannot get above the level of Jesus who's riding into Jerusalem as a superstar. Yet he chooses to do it riding on a colt. Lowly and gentle would be the words to describe this scene. So I was doing my reading this week, I ran across this beautiful little nugget of a story about humbleness. 
and it has to do with a small religious college that was suffering financial difficulties. One day, a very wealthy man came onto this campus and found a white-haired man, a gentleman in overalls painting a wall and asked if he could see the president of the college and have a word with him. And the gentleman in overalls told, pointed out a, a house over on the college campus and said, I'm pretty sure the president will be there at around noon today. So the wealthy gentleman went up to the house and uh, lo and behold, there's the same gentleman that was in overalls, only now he's in a business suit. And he invited the the donor to lunch and they had lunch and two days later there arrived a check. This will date the story a little bit. The check was for $50,000. So that was some time ago that that was a big deal. The humility of a man who was fitted for his position as a college president but yet was humble enough to dress in overalls to get a job done. That's what opened this this guy's checkbook. All the lessons of the latter half of Mark's gospel culminate in Jesus Christ, who was humble enough to put on his work clothes on the day of his coronation, on this Palm Sunday. He didn't come in on a white charger, on a war horse, There was no tramping of soldiers marching feet to accompany this king. He arrives lowly, meekly. The lower we become, the more we humble ourselves. The closer we are to being divine and heavenly like Jesus. Think on that. Not the wealthiest, not the most popular, not the smartest, but the humble and gentle ones. Are the humble and gentle ones the ones that we put up on a pedestal to idolize in our society? Is it the meekest of people who get quoted in television and newspapers and who go viral on YouTube? No. But it is the meek who will inherit the earth. It is the meek who are closest to Jesus. I mean, words fail me as to how counterintuitive this is in our world. What a contrast this is to our sinful earth. And I think we're meant to look at Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday on this day and see how far we fall short. I mean, our sinful world, he comes in riding on a colt, he comes humbly and meekly in this way, the best that heaven has to offer the servant above servants, the teacher above teachers. And what happens in this week is that he is executed in the most violent and brutal way known to human imagination. That's our sinful world and how it looks against the divine and holy. That's how far we are from heaven here on earth. Our text continues in verse 7. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road. Others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now, it's interesting that only Mark records this curious statement. Blessed is the coming kingdom of David. So that's a statement that looks ahead 
to the future, the coming kingdom. But you can't help that they're, they're also looking behind. They're also looking to the past. The mention of David is hearkening back to this golden age of Israel, a time of peace and prosperity. Or did people distinguish between the earthly kingdom of David and the spiritual kingdom of David's ancestor? Probably not at this time. Probably not. The expectation certainly was there that something was going to happen right there and then. They plead, Hosanna, or grant salvation, save us. The praises of Jesus were lifted high upon the streets. Hosanna in the highest is the song of the people, exalting Jesus, lifting him up. And yet he still comes and rides humbly, meekly, and lowly to them. Another story I encountered was, had to do with one of my favorite preachers, who you hear me mention from time to time, Charles Spurgeon. He was known for giving little nuggets of wisdom. And in this case, it was to one of his students who came up into the pulpit and he said he was very, very proud and came up with the utmost of confidence, but then had difficulty in the delivery of the sermon and came down feeling very depressed, very humble, very brokenhearted. And so he went to his teacher. He said, this is what happened. And Spurgeon's little nugget was this. If you had gone up as you came down, you would have come down as you went up. (laughs) And that's true whether you're preaching or not. As we go into this holy week, this is the opportunity for us to bow our heads, humbly and meekly receiving with open hands what the Lord is offering to us, what he is here to give. I mean, during this week, we are getting close, closer than than we do at any other time of the year to the, the core gospel message. Jesus suffered and died for our sins. I mean, we approach the cross in very deliberate fashion from Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and then to Easter Sunday, where we have the hope of new life and the resurrection presented to us in such a clear, clear way. Martin Luther writes in the small catechism as an explanation to the third commandment, you will remember the Sabbath day, that we should never despise the preaching of his word, but always be ready to and gladly hear Mark and learn it. And if you forget that commandment through the rest of the year, this is the week to really draw near and hear Mark and learn it because we believe in the power of God's word to grab a hold of our lives, to transform it from a, a grudging work into a joyful, joyful duty. And we approach the altar here, willing to receive Jesus Christ in, with, and under the bread and wine. I mean, think of it. Our Lord, who is the high, exalted King of all, lives forever to serve us. That's how he comes to us, humbly and meekly, through the word and here in the sacrament so that we may receive forgiveness and life eternal. These are opportunities open to us, not just during Holy Week, of course, but through the whole year. And they transform our lives, transform this world so that it's not the the violent, cold, and cruel place 
But like Jesus, when we receive his gifts, we are transformed to humble, meek, lowly servants, willing to look at our fellow human beings around us to humbly come and to serve in any way that we can. First, we are transformed. Then we follow in service. That is the journey that is before us this week and throughout the year. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise for prayer. Thank you.